T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And now, KC Johnson. Kobe White, pull up three over Karis LeVert and nails it. Bulls insider for NBC Sports Chicago. Give me the sauce. Covering everything from the dynasty to DeMar. KC Johnson. I've covered the NBA for a long time. With Mullen Ha. Most. the score. You know that that intro for our next guest, Casey Johnson. If you're looking for the alliteration, covering everything from the dynasty to Dollybor to Demar. Oh wow, strong D alliteration right, right there. Right, Casey. Derek's for- in there too. We forgot Dollybor. Derek. 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 What's the matter with you, Rosamund? Well, I had the Dollybor. We needed to address the dynasty and then the dump. And that's where we were. Dolly Bor Bagarich spelled backwards is Valerie Zella Pukin. Yeah. Yes. There you go. That's it. Casey Johnson joins us on the score. Rosenblum and Grody, we are in for Molly and Ha. Casey joins us on the Signature Bank score hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. So we've done everything in talking about last night's game. And I have no idea. Where would you start with last night's hmm. game in this win? In overtime, the Bulls win 119-113 against the Bucks. Where would you start with this, Casey? Um, I would start with you got to beat the Pistons on Friday. I mean, I, I've, seen, I've, I've seen this movie before mm. where you, you beat a good team and you show a lot of good signs while doing so. And then you come out and, you know, lay an egg against a team that on paper you should beat. So. That's what I wrote in, our, in a column that's going to be posted soon to our website. I mean, you know, you, 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 I've heard I've heard these same post game quotes come off come out of the Bulls locker room after big wins, and then I've seen bad habits revert. So, come out and play that hard in the first quarter against the Pistons, and then I'll take big, larger significance from it. I'm not trying to downplay the victory. It was an amazing victory, uh, most particularly from the fortitude that they showed being down 11 with two and a half left and, and making every big play down the stretch. So, and I do also think we can get into some big picture significance of how well they have played against the good teams this season. Um, if they do end up making the playoffs, which is a big if at this point. Um, so, but th- that's, that's my biggest takeaway. You got, you got to, you got to play as hard as you did down the stretch and in overtime uh, in the first quarter against the Pistons on Friday. Amen. And yeah, the Bulls are five and one against the, the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. And Casey, there were so many terrific 
individual moments in the game last night, and I thought it was perfect that it was not only DeMar DeRozan making the key baskets in the game, you know, the 42 points, 10 in overtime, but the steal of Giannis's inbound intended um, for Allen, for Grayson Allen, the hits IO for the dunk to make it 106 106 in overtime. To see that defense out of DeMar DeRozan was great because we don't usually see that. I thought that that was the, the, the key play of the game, and, and there was a lot of really good plays. No question. And the anticipation to make that steal. And then not only that, as you guys saw, the athleticism to stay in balance because he was right along that sideline. Um, and then to, you know, have the presence of mind to, to see a streaking IO and, and hit him for the dunk. Fantastic play on, on all accounts. Um, you know, DeMar actually had a very good defensive game up in Milwaukee uh, as well when they beat him up there right before Thanksgiving. Took a couple charges against Giannis, was very engaged defensively. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he made – not only did he score 10 in overtime, he also had the assist to Vooch for the three. So he had, yes. a, he had a hand in all 13 points of all scored in overtime. So, I mean, DeMar's amazing. I mean, he's he's a high-level – basketball player, professional score, and yeah, to, to make the impact with that play defensively was was nice to see as well. Our guest is Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago is where you'll find him writing about the Bulls, and you he will be following up last night's epic comeback and looking ahead to the Pistons. It looks like the Bulls are going to get some help in the Pistons. I, I assume there will be suspensions from the little Caesar's malice, whatever was going on up there, that was pretty messy and dangerous. The it looked like Mo Wagner was unconscious. I mean, it, he certainly was not silly, and the Pistons would certainly seem to be in line for some suspensions. So, if you can consider it a good win when the Bucks are missing Middleton and Holiday, you can consider it a good win when the Pistons are missing players as well because of suspension. You, You'll take anything you can get with this team right now, right? Anything that yeah. strings together momentum? Yeah, and, and mostly because it comes down to how the Bulls are playing. I mean, obviously, I, the scoreboard is important, but I, I watch style of play, and that's what you know Billy always talks about, standard of play. Pistons, obviously, also without Cade Cunningham, previously lost to an injury. So and this, is a, this is an opportunity, and um, especially because the Friday begins a set of back-to-back games. They've got the Cavaliers at home on, on New Year's Eve on, on Saturday. Um, but that that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, to me, obviously the opponent, you know, plays a factor and the scoreboard is important, but I, I, I'm watching how they play. And what I saw in the first quarter against that Houston team on Monday was just a, a team that was unprepared to play and that was easing into a game. And, you know, I didn't just see it. The players said as much in postgame. You know, Zach Levine, we, they play harder than us. Um, DeMar DeRozan, we can't ease our way into games. I mean, the Bulls' margin of error is not large. So, And look, I understand it's unrealistic probably to play all 48 minutes of all 82 games at the intensity level that they did to come back against the Bucks and in overtime. But you can certainly play at a higher intensity level than what occurred in the first quarter of that Houston game. So, that's what I'm going to be watching on Friday, regardless of who's out there for the Pistons, is how how seriously do the Bulls take that game, take that opponent, and take that first quarter? 
talking Bulls with Casey Johnson of NBC Sports Chicago about the Bulls 119-113 win over the Bucks in overtime. Yeah, they they won that game. And Casey, I was following you in real time on Twitter piecing together the evidence on the the Grayson Allen play last night and you know after sleeping on it and writing about it and talking about it what what is your reaction to what Grayson Allen did and in the, in the well it wasn't even I was going to say a hard foul it wasn't even called the foul when he put the forearm out on DeRozan after he got pushed or fouled by Patrick Williams yeah really the only significant takeaway i have from it because, um, you know, Grayson Allen is who he is at this point. It's pretty well documented, is DeMar's reaction. I mean, DeMar does not react like that very often. He he He's a very even-keeled, pretty mellow guy. I mean, he'll pick up a tech occasionally, John, with a ref over a foul call. But in terms of, you know, how he interacts with other players, he's, he's a pretty chill guy, always has been. He talks about maintaining that, you know, even-keeledness, and that's why he's got that calmness down the stretch of the fourth quarter. So for DeMar to for DeMar to react that way and admitting post game he he reacted that way because it was Grayson Allen to me is significant um, because at least it shows some recognition some awareness a pulse to to the situation that happened last year with with um, Alex Caruso where where Grayson obviously had that horrific cheap shot and, and knocked Alex out for you know months um, so I, in that regard. I respect it. I like it. Um, I'd like to see more of it uh, from the Bulls because it, to me, shows a care factor and a, and a toughness. Um, but as far as the play, I mean, you know, it's pretty simple. I mean, Patrick clearly fouled him, and Grayson Allen clearly stumbled, and then from my feet, clearly exaggerated probably the foul through to knock into DeMar. Um, so, but it, as far as all the physicality part of it, it was pretty minor on the on the grand scheme of things. So I just focused on DeMar's reaction more than anything else. What will you say when Grayson Allen becomes a bull? <laughs> I'll say uh, I, I covered Dennis Rodman, so <laughs> I understand. <laughs> See, every, we were talking earlier, every generation of Bulls fans gets their Bill Lane beer or Dennis Rodman, and it happens yeah. to be Grayson Allen right now. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny, man. He, I'll tell you what, I mean, he killed the Bulls in the playoffs last year, and he had he had a big shot last night in over t- in regulation that I thought was going to be a dagger shot, and the Bulls had that comeback, and then he missed a couple in overtime that were pretty open looks. But uh, can you imagine if he had hit the dagger in, in another win uh, uh, last night after that happened? That would have just been just been tough to watch as a Bulls fan. You know, it, it, Giannis is just unbelievable to to watch Casey is there anybody more interesting or better at weaving through an entire team to get to the basket without charging necessarily and then 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 just doesn't even matter if he's that close to the basket and dunking how do you describe the powers of Giannis because that guy is just unbelievable yeah, uh, quick shout out. Uh, our I take our we have two teenage boys and they come to one game a year and they 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 luckily pick the most exciting game of the year because my younger guy is a, is a big Giannis fan. So it's funny you bring up Giannis. Um, so they're they're watching last night and enjoying that performance um, in person. Uh, what I would say is he slightly reminds me in in prime of LeBron. He's a little bit bigger, obviously, but people forget how, how strong and how much of a locomotive LeBron is. 
Uh, I mean, still, obviously, but more so in his prime. But, I mean, there was one drive, you know, I sit next to Joe Cowley from the Sun-Times on, on press row, and there was one drive we just looked over, over each other and just said, I mean, what do you do there? I mean, yeah. he literally drove full head of steam, three guys collapsed on him, um, and from the elbow to the rim, all three guys had their hands up, and he just kept, you know, contorting and driving and pushing and you're either going to follow him or get dunked on. And it's just, I don't know what you do. And I actually thought it sounds crazy for his stat line. Well, I mean, if you look at his shooting percentage, this, this comment has merit. I actually thought Patrick Williams did a pretty good job on him because he made him work for stuff. He made him go to counters. He made him use a spin move, but look, there's, there's no answer for that dude. And I've always said, I love watching greatness. I always have. I felt privileged to, to get to cover Jordan for a few seasons. And, I mean, that's greatness right there. And, uh, man, what a player. No question. We're talking with Casey Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago. We're doing it here on The Score, Rosenblum and Grody. We are in for Molly and Haw on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. So the, the, the play, there was a play that I didn't think would have – it would be the kind of thing that Eddie Olchek would have said, circle this play. You never know. Remember this play. It might come back. It might be the difference. Again. When De- DeRozan took a charge against Giannis, it sh- okay, it it only looks, only I go back to it now only because they won because it was DeRozan and what happened with him and, and Allen and everything. But that I don't know if that smacks of anything that Billy Donovan was looking for among his big three any of his big three, all of his big three, to take a charge from that guy, as Mark, you and Mark were discussing, of this locomotive charging down, and it it, you, it looks like certain death. I thought that it turned out to be really important. I don't know that I noticed it, other than kudos for your bravery and your courage at that moment. Did that stand out to you, or only in hindsight? No, it stood out to me because, as I mentioned previously, he did it twice up in the game in Milwaukee right before Thanksgiving. So, you know, that's what I mean. I mean, DeMar's never going to – I mean, DeMar is who he is at this stage of his career. He's never going to be a plus defender. But he certainly um, got a high enough basketball IQ to make impact defensive plays, um, you know, at important times or, you know, even in times like that. But, I mean, it goes back to what Mark was saying about the steal. I mean, that was that was complete to me, basketball IQ. I mean, he just anticipated. He read the play. Um so, you know, the fact that he's given you anything defensively is is a bonus. And, yeah, I mean, I do think there's some symbolism to, you know, Billy keeps kind of calling out on the big three to make the, the big plays. And that's, you know, who has to lead this team. It's There's no question about that. And, look, guys, particularly, you know, for anybody to making – for anybody to be making impact defensive plays on a night you're missing Alex Caruso is significant because, you know, he obviously represents your best defensive option, your most physical player. Um, and I know, you know, just small talking with him, I know how much it hurt him to miss this game because he lives for these kind of – I mean, he lives – he, he hates to miss any game, but these, these are kind of matchups that he really thrives on. So there's significance in, on that level as well. 
And then we saw, uh, and I guess this is maybe a result in part of Caruso not being there. We said Dale and Terry getting some key moments last night and just kind of bouncing all over the place, ending up in the front row at one point in time. What did you make of him getting key mo- uh, moments in that game, and what did you think of his game? Uh, what you said, it's flying around. <laughs> <laughs> he just bounces, man. He's like a Super Bowl I, I, out there. I, yeah, I didn't see a lot of uh... – basketball acumen i saw a lot of energy okay. <laughs> so, fair enough, uh, fair enough. and uh that, that was a reflection of the kobe injury um which okay. uh okay. Beat, beat writers uh beat writers taking one uh owning one you know, uh, in, in the mayhem of the post game and the nuttiness of the win i i and the beat failed to ask billy donovan about kobe's status post game so i'm not sure the significance of that injury i will say he left after a six-minute stint, and I actually went back to grab some water, and I saw him running in the hallway. So he, he at least was testing the left leg that, that knocked him out from right of that game. So hopefully, if you're a Bulls fan, that's a that's a sign that's not anything significant or long-term because he was running on the leg, uh, but he did have to leave after a, a six-minute stint in the first first half. Mark Rohde, if you follow our guest Casey Johnson on Twitter, I do, and you do. And you notice he has a predilection for something that I think I find is so amusing in light of Luka Doncic's 60-20-10. Nobody had ever done that, right? 60 points. And he, I love when he said, I need a beer. After his post-game interview, I need a beer. He looks like he needs a beer. Well, see, what Casey Johnson loves to do is when DeRozan, we talked about what a remarkable career, what he's shown Bulls fans, right? If it's like... 35 and 5, and he's done that, say, four times. I'm just making numbers up now, mm-hmm. but it's that kind of list. And it would be second most in Bulls history to Michael Jordan, who would have done it like 300 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in one recent tweet, Casey said, I run these just so I can show you how far what Jordan did by comparison. And there was one of those, Casey, right? It was like Jordan did something 300 times that we were marveling over DeMar doing it five times. So Yeah, I love, I love those lists, yep. Well, here's one that kind of in reverse. Six players have had 60-plus, 60-point-plus 60 games in NBA history. And the list goes Elgin Baylor with three and Damian Lillard with three. Then there's Michael Jordan with four. So Jordan's not in a spot on this list, you might think, which makes it even better when, in KC's world. James Harden's done it four times, multiple 60-point games. Kobe Bryant did it six times. Wilt Chamberlain did it 32 times. <laughs> and there's, there's a KC Johnson list. You run that number just to blow up the whole thing to show somebody like that. And I wanted to read that while you are on the air. I was thrilled we had you. So there you go. Jordan got one up in, in the list that I usually do uh, by, by Wilts, right? Yeah, right. So there you go. Right. That's it. Yeah. And, you're, That's and, good stuff. and you're watching this, and speaking of, you know, and, and getting, you can be spoiled by this whole thing when in, in watching that. And it, what DeMar's doing, you're not allowed to use the, the MJ word, but. Willing a team to victory was always what Michael needed to figure out what he needs to do, and then he went and did it. And there's such a large stripe of that. 
But for a guy with a game that's more fit for the 1970s than now, it either makes it more amazing or it makes the Bulls fundamentally unsound or ill-equipped to win a title. I don't know where you want to go with that, but I'm throwing. I would go with, yeah, I would go with the latter. And and quick, I don't know how much time we got left, uh, but I'll I'll say this: uh, it's funny you bring that up because, um, on the one hand, I I obviously love to watch greatness and I love the will to win stuff. And I I asked Demar about Luca's game last night because he had tweeted about it the previous night, and Demar gave a very eloquent answer because he is the other reason I knew I could ask Demar about. Lucas, because Demar is very much a fan of the game. On his off nights, he sits around and watches NBA basketball. He's an old school guy that way, and he gave a very eloquent answer about that. But the the theme of it was will to win. So on the one hand, you got to respect that, but on the other hand, you know what Luca did for that Dallas team and what Demar did for the Bulls team. That stuff that stuff isn't sustainable unless you're Jordan, <laughs> because it was sustainable <laughs> if you're Jordan. But like I, I asked. It, the reason why this is significant is I asked Billy pregame last night, and this—I'm not trying to like be critical of Demar, but the Bulls are two, were two and nine going into last night in games he scored thirty or more points. Um, they're now three and nine. That's not a knock against Demar. What it is is you know subscribing to Billy's theory that they need more balance, they need less hero ball, they need more kind of team balance scoring to be at their optimal offensively and. So on the one hand, while it's great, you know, DeMar does this and the will to win is fantastic. You know, on the other hand, I think ideally what you want to see is just, you know, more balance. And um, DeMar can't play the hero every time is, I guess, where where I'm going with this. And it was fun to see it last night, and you respect it when it happens, but um, he can't can't do it all the time. All right, if they're going to suck, at least be entertaining, and they're entertaining. Okay, good. KC, thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. KC Johnson, NBC Sports Chicago. Talking Bulls joining us on here. Uh, we will, at to- before the top of the hour, we will do transition with Lawrence Holmes and Leila Rahimi. But before that, former NFL player had something to say about the Bears quarterback. We're going to play it for you and talk about it. Next, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bears. 
Bears. Bears. Bears. Let's talk some beers. I'm Steve Rose. The movie's Mark Grody. We're in for Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We will be doing transition with Lawrence Holmes and Layla Rahimi before the top of the hour. They will take over at 10 o'clock. There's a big meeting going on down the hallway. Have, we been, all, have we been fired yet? No, I don't know. I just like big pre-show meeting with Layla and Lawrence. I saw Mitch and Mike Rankin. It's very, very, Ooh. very serious. So they're going to have, this is. Sports, 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 sportsy, sportsy, sports. Hey, man. Sports. I, I am definitely looking forward to hearing the, the those two, Dan and Layla, or Lawrence and Layla. One or, or Somebody all three and of Layla. Them. No, no, or all three of them. I do love listening to them talk about the Bulls. So yeah. I know that they will have some good stuff on the Bulls game. They will. They will. Yeah. After this, especially after a big meeting. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I was like afraid to go down there. Everything man. gets better with more meetings. Yeah. Everything gets better with more meetings. <laughs> yes. So on the Pat McAfee show, in between Aaron Rodgers' vomitatious actions, Pat McAfee had Darius Butler on. Former NFL player, Colts, Patriots. And the subject was Justin Fields. Here's... You think Justin Fields wins a playoff game for the Bears? Yeah. You saying his career? Yep. Absolutely. All right. Hell Absolutely. yeah. Mark it down. down. He'll go down to be the best Bears quarterback in history. Hell yeah. Whoa. Better than Cutler. How did both of y'all say Cutler? Yeah, that's strictly because they, he enjoys them from the reality TV show. Oh, he okay. enjoys them from the internet. Never mind, Cutler. Kyle Orton. You kidding me? Oh, Kyle Orton. Sexy Rex Rexy. Grossman. Sexy Rexy took him to the Super Bowl. Who's old buddy? Jimmy Clausen. Jim McMahon. Jim, Jim McMahon. McMahon. You're saying uh, yeah. he's better than Jim McMahon's going to be? I think so. They never had a 4,000-yard passer. Right? Hey, let's no. put it down on the ticker. Darius Butler says Justin Fields will without a dot be the greatest Bears quarterback of all time. Yep. Thank you, D-Bone. It would be good for the league, too. We need a good Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Thank you. Without a dot. Without, that's a whole Pittsburgh. That's oh, a, man, that was too much. That's a Wani thing. I mean, that was too, that, the word is doubt. And they Without said a dot. Straight up dot. Dot. D-O-T, dot. So, D-O-U-B-T, dot. <laughs> How do you get that? E-A-G-A-L-E-S. How do you spell it? D-A-L-E-S. Use dot. D-O-U-B-T in a sentence. I dot it. I dot it. I dot it. So that was, it's again, we've talked about not a high curb to scale, the idea of being the greatest quarterback in Bears history. It's Sid Luckman and then anybody you might have seen. Did they leave anybody out? The only person that they left oh, yeah. out in their conversation was Eric Kramer. Should have gotten a shout out if they wanted to do it right. Mm-hmm. Jim Miller should have gotten a shout out if they wanted to do it right. Shane Matthews. No. Shane Matthews should not have gotten a shout-out. Why not? As in the team picture for best Bears quarterback of all time? No. How many playoff games do Wani win? I doubt he could win another another one in his life. I doubt it. But didn't Shane Matthews win the playoff game? When when the ultra-back destroyed Minnesota. It's about 1994 at Minnesota. Yeah. Was it Shane Matthews? You might be right. And I was Raymond Harris. It was Dave Wansa was the head coach. The Bears were heavy underdogs going into Minnesota, and they beat Minnesota. 
I don't know what you're doing over there, but they beat. I was just trying to beat, look it up was it. it was the best win of Wani's career with the Bears. Without a dot. Without a dot. But wasn't that who was the quarterback then? Oh, so Brandon Fryer. Have you figured that out? I was trying to get on the interwebs. <sighs> I'm looking. Okay, maybe it was Shane Matthews. Maybe I do need to rethink the Shane Matthews thing here. Yeah, I'm telling you. Will you talk great Bears quarterbacks? That was a great. Or was it Steve Walsh? Who might have been quarterback in both teams Steve Walsh. then? Steve Walsh <laughs> is Shane Matthews, right? Right. That was the whole thing. Yeah. Right. That was that. That was them as the quarter. We ain't got because playoffs. All right, here we go. Because Kramer's Guani <sighs> said my quarterback's got his neck in a brace. <laughs> it's not. I'm not laughing at Eric Kramer suffering a neck injury, but the way Guani said it at my how things gone. My quarterback's got his neck in a brace. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I thought he's ever going to play again. Yeah. Um, Steve Walsh, here you go. Steve Walsh. 15 of 23 for 220 yards, 221 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and he was sacked once for seven yards. So they're the same guy, Shane Matthews. All right, so so let's just have them be like when they do those characters. Shane things, Walsh. You know how like Shane a, Walsh, what's right? What's the word? I, there's a word I really wanted to use, and I couldn't think it. Um, <laughs> this is really going to help. So, okay, so so hold so on, if, hold on. Whoever gets the shout-outs and not Henry Burris. By the way, earlier we discussed for our listening audience, you latecomers, bring a note from home to explain why you're late, but this is the 20th anniversary of Henry Burris's start against Tampa Bay, in which, seriously it is, December 29th, 2002, Henry Burris started. He threw 19 passes, seven went to the Bears, four went to the Buccaneers, 15 nothing Buccaneers, and his quarterback rating was 10.3. I, I would call it, just... and I would call it the most disappointing Bears start since Will Fuhrer because they were now both cut from the same cloth. We're talking third-string guys who everybody was excited about because they had had some modicum of success a bot. at some other weird level, whether it was Canada or college or whatever the case was. Ditka put Will Fuhrer in back in the day, the lefty. He was terrible. Terrible. He was absolutely awful. And and, Tom Willis. Never trust a man with oh, three first names. Man, P.T. Willis. Yeah. More like P.T. Barnum, <laughs> Robert would say. So, so if you are going to do this, and we will be doing this for a while, what will your criteria be? How are you judging the best quarterback in Bears history? How, many, just, How are you going to judge it? Is it just simply throwing for the most yards, or is it the guy who quarterbacks the most championships? Oh, I see. No, the guy who throw, the guy who you watch and say he's a great quarterback. No, I, I don't care. Based about, on what you need to define no, you, your terms. You that's know what why a great we, quarterback is. Dan Marino's a great quarterback, right? With zero championships, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like you and I know that whoever else doesn't winning matter has six. Yeah, but you're. At, but we all know what a great quarterback looks like. Of course, it matters to me. What matters more is that you know great when you see great in a quarterback. And I would think that if the Bears had a great quarterback, usually there is a direct correlation to winning playoff games and sometimes Super Bowls. Okay. So what was your question? What What more? Define your terms. Of great. What are you, I think what I are you just using did. criteria? I, I think, yes, okay. Winning. Yes. The, Winning doesn't matter. Just, it, it, just, for this, for, for just this very unique city numbers. circumstance where the Bears have never had a great quarterback, 
I'm sorry. Uh, I want the wins, of course, but I would just like to leave everything else out of it, block everything else out, and there is my quarterback, and the quarterback is great because he goes out and averages 312 yards per game, and he has a 30 to 10 touchdowns to interceptions ratio. That guy that you know is great that could potentially put you in a position to win every single year. So that is my criterion. Is that is that difficult for you to understand always, or accept? I start with winning. Is he the reason they win? That's why I look at but, it. But hey, <clears throat> we just mentioned Josh McCown. We just was mentioned the reason he, they Steve won. Walsh and Shane Matthews. They won on the Bears' watch. Did you want to see those guys be the franchise quarterback? No, no. Well, it gave me more to write about. Kyle Orton won with yeah. the Bears. Uh huh. Did you really want to see him, or or would you? Sexy Rexy. Sexy Rexy. <laughs> Steve Walsh, Shane Matthews was Orton Grossman before there was Orton oh Grossman. God. Hey, for a, for a half a year, Rex Grossman was an MVP candidate. Right, and for the other half, so it was Kyle Orton because <laughs> he didn't throw interceptions. <laughs> no, he kind of was. Well, to to, then, to the Bears, he was an MVP. And then, right, but those are examples of guys. Well, moreover, Orton. Hey, they're winners, but are they really good quarterbacks? No, they need too much help. So well, you, I don't know. There were people. People who were talking about great. I. I want to be the reason you win championships. That quarterback position is that important. So important. The money has made it that way. The rules have made it that way. You can't touch them. It's. 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 They're in a glass box, and that's it. Unless you're Justin Fields, and then you can whack them upside the head. And nobody's going to do anything. But and that's another area. Another why. And that's another, another reason thing. why he needs to win. Winners get all those those bogus roughing the passer calls. Yeah, that is very when true. you are that guy. No, you're right. You're and right. the winners get those calls. And Justin Fields doesn't get those calls because he's on a team that sucks. A team that a franchise that sucks when it comes to quarterbacks. And he has he has shown a fearlessness. When it comes to putting himself in the position in a, in a situation of harm, circumstance of harm, that's what happens. And you get no calls when your team sucks. And when your team wins, you get every, you know, somebody somebody says the word Giselle across the line of scrimmage, and they'll throw a flag on you because it hurt Tom's feelings. Aww. yeah. So you, that's think- another reason it has to be winning. I you gotta you gotta be a guy. I look at it, the Hall of Fame. We're gonna hear, see some baseball Hall of Fame numbers. Come on, and members, guys, maybe get in, maybe they don't get in. Did you win? I always do that. And baseball is the most individual of all sports, and so many people dismiss that, and I think it's crap. So if he has a 4,000-yard season next year, Justin Fields, and the 30-10 ratio that I was talking about, touchdowns to interceptions, and the Bears don't win, you you will not put him in the category of greatest Bears quarterback ever or, or on, on the way? For one season? Well, you're asking about criteria. So, okay. Let's, over th- the next three seasons, the same thing happens. He has these Dan Marino-esque seasons, but the Bears don't win squat. You're going to say Jim McMahon's still the best quarterback because he won? I have to give that merit. Yes. I, I, yeah, see, I can't do that. I do because that's what matters. And and the best quarterback is a is a leader. The One of the things about Justin Fields that I love is – I stick to the maxim, your best player should be your best leader. Your best leader should be your best player. He's your best player. There's no question he's their best best right athlete, best player. Uh-huh. He is. Yeah. He fits Duh. that profile of yeah. what you want in that kind of 
in that position. It has to be in that position. You have no chance to win without that guy. The rules have made it so. The networks have made it so. And the money has made it so. But the the actual winning of it and being the reason you won, I just I rank that up there. It may not be the only no, one. I, I understand. But I start there. There's a lot of things circulating here because – you asked who who is the the greatest quarterback of all time and what's the criteria. So based on that, I assume you you think Jim McMahon is then the best quarterback in in Bears history, right? Sid Luckman won more than Jim. McMahon. Okay, so Sid Luckman. Yeah. So okay, I just want to. I, oh, I just so wanna, that's who everybody's. Was, they, he also had records as well as he was a champion, and that I I, I take that into yeah. consideration. I just think it, it's. I, I would find it. It would be hard for me to believe. That in three years from now, if Justin Fields does spectacular regular season things and the Bears don't win, you'd be sitting here saying that he's not the greatest Bears quarterback of all time. I, I probably would agree with you at that point if he has those three. If he has three All Pro seasons, yeah, yeah, it'd be hard be, be if they're it. All Pro, not Pro Bowl the way Tom Thayer was was spitting up on it. But if they were All Pro seasons. Um, yeah, it would hard, be hard to deny that yeah. because there, I believe there will be a good amount of winning involved. And I know there's there's a running game, there's defense, there's coaching. There's a lot of other things that go into it in football, and that's what makes it really difficult. Mm-hmm. But I do that anyways because the quarterback has been so important. Rarely is I'm not I'm not putting Trent Dilfer up there as the greatest Baltimore Ravens quarterback, mm-hmm. although maybe I should have. They really had Joe Greatest Flacco. guest ever. Flacco You're on the yeah. score. Trent's great. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back, transition with Lawrence and Layla. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.